everything? Because we know he's given us everything. Man, God is an amazing God. What makes him amazing is that he did this when we didn't even deserve it. That's what makes him so amazing is that he loved you so much that he decided to die before you would ever even accept him as your personal Lord and Savior. God is so amazing, and I want to encourage someone today. He's doing something amazing in your life. Whether you realize it or not, even as I'm speaking right now, he's doing something amazing in your life. God is a good God. This is the day that the Lord has made. You might as well make a decision to rejoice and be glad in it because it's a good day. It's a day that he made. And who knows? Your faith may tap into something, bring you to a realization of something that he's already provided for you, and you might just walk in it today. But that'll never happen if you don't believe for it to happen. God is an amazing God. Can we just lift that up one more time? Just lift that up from your heart. God, you are amazing. You are awesome. You are wonderful. There is no one like you. Father, it's so easy to give you everything because you gave us everything. Father, you're awesome. We love you. We honor you and we adore you. Thank you for this day. A lot of people didn't wake up and see this day. Thank you for this day. It's an amazing day because you graced us with it, Father. You're so worthy and so deserving of whatever worship, whatever glory, whatever honor, whatever praise we bestow upon your name. We can never give you enough because you are amazing. If you're here today and you've never taken step one, it's the essential habits of a healthy believer. Remember your habits, they form your character and your character is what forms your destiny. And so if you've never taken that, I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, today it's offered at 10.30 a.m. If you're a new believer, you just recently joined the church or you've been around for a while and just haven't gotten to your classes yet, I want to encourage you to do that. It's offered today at 10.30 to get you kick-started in terms of what God has already provided for you in your future. I want you to find at least three people today. Share something good with them. Don't just say hello. Speak life into them. Tell them, compliment them. Do something today that puts a, a smile on their face and then you can be seated. Make someone else's day. Even if you have to say it by faith. Excellent job today. Everything. Did you build them up real good? Did you compliment them? It's good. Doesn't that just make you feel better when you compliment someone else, when you speak life into someone else? It actually lifts you up. And so let's get right into what we have for today. Uh, today we're going to talk about the first of the graces that we introduced on the previous two weeks. And so over the last two weeks, we, we noted that growing in the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ is the key. So it's really the key to the eight graces that we're getting ready to learn about. We don't want to learn about the graces apart from a relationship with God 
or Jesus Christ, right? That's the most important part to everything else that we're going to talk about. A lot of people want the results, but they don't want the relationship. It's really the relationship that produces the results, all right? And I hope you heard the way that I said that. It's the relationship that produces the results. I want to welcome everyone that's watching uh, via Facebook Live or uh, uh, Periscope. Also, if you're in the building today, you can follow along uh, in your YouVersion Bible app. Just go to the events section, search Linked Up Church. All of the notes are right there, and so follow right along with us, and then you can put your own notes uh, in there as well. It's a basic outline, and you can add your notes to that outline. And so this requires three key components uh, that we've learned. It involves the development of the eight Christ-like graces, and you're going to see all eight of them need to be developed, and they need to be developed in a particular way, and you'll see how they build upon each other. Today, I'll set up next week, and you'll see why it makes so much sense. Uh, the development, they, they develop, or they should be developed in, con- in conjunction with each other, and they require all diligence or it requires effort. This won't happen automatically. We've got to put some effort into this. And this is what will create an octave, what I like to call an octave of spiritual harmony. And it's best exemplified in the person of Jesus Christ. So if you want to see what all of this looks like together operating in one person, just study Jesus. And it's his goal for our lives. Letter B there, we, we observe five reasons why we ought to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. All of those should be motivators, incentives. Grace and peace can be multiplied to us. God has already given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. How many of y'all believe that you already have everything that you need? Every good parent has already provided everything for their children to be successful. We know how to do that in the natural. How much more has God done that for his children? Spiritual amnesia is avoided. You don't forget that you've been redeemed and go back to to the way you used to be. We'll never stumble. So in other words, there'll be no chance that we can miss salvation and there'll be an uh, an abundance entrance into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord. And so today we're going to look at the first of these eight graces, which is faith. And so this is so important because it's the foundation of our spiritual development. So the first thing really a person needs to learn the moment they give their life to Christ is faith. And let's just say someone has been around for a while. If you never learned it, you need to go back and make sure that you understand it because everything else starts from understanding faith. So it's important for our development and our growth upon which all the other graces are to be added. And it's going to make so much sense. You might know, have you ever heard a a Sunday morning teaching on the subject of virtue? Has anyone ever heard that? If we have, like no one raised their hand. If we have, it's usually about the virtuous woman. Is that correct? It's not on the subject, but you'll notice the very next thing he said to add to your faith was virtue. That should be important for us to understand. Well, virtue is excellence. So if you think about it, why learn about faith if you don't want to do it in excellence? So it makes no sense to learn about it, and I have no intent on doing it the way I learned it. Next week is going to be so good. Make sure that you don't miss it. You can see I'm already ready to get to next week. So now, let's go through this. If we're going to develop Christ-like character, then it must be built upon faith. Which leads us to the question, then, what is faith? Most of us have a general knowledge, general understanding of the definition of faith, but let's just give it. The Greek word is pistis. 
The Greek word is pistis. It's the definition given, or these are the definitions given by Greek scholars. Vine defines it this way. It's a firm persuasion, a conviction based upon hearing. Thayer defines it this way. It's conviction of the truth of anything. It's belief. Both of those are accurate, and if you put them both together, it's really a a firm persuasion off of anything that you have heard that you actually believe, or it's the evidence of the things that you actually believe. It's, It's where you got it from. And so, according to 2 Peter 1.5, the most important thing we can teach a new believer is faith. Does everyone in here agree with that? All right. The most important thing we can teach them is it is the starting point for growth. And so, uh, number two, then why faith? Why is it so important? Why faith? Go with me to Romans chapter 3. Why faith? And let's look at verses 21 through 28. Why faith? Why would he make this the most important thing that we need to build uh, all the other graces upon? Why faith? Romans chapter 3, look at verse 21. He says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and of the prophets, the Old Testament. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, here's the key, to all and on all who believe. I want to go real slow today because you can see he's shifting from one dispensation to another dispensation. And so the group that he's talking to, they believe in the works of the law. And he's trying to get them to understand that I'm doing away with that. You no longer have to depend upon your efforts because on your best day, you still fail short. I think we all can relate to that, right? On our best day, we still end up short. But he said that this righteousness of God, this this is the key to faith, right? This righteousness of God is through faith. But it's only for those who will actually believe it. All right? You'll see where we're going with this today. And so we're talking about then faith has to see itself as being right with God. And you have to believe that. Or if not, the Satan will condemn you. I'll develop that a little bit more. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. There is no difference. See, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, we use that to justify behavior. Right? So, in other words, that makes us feel good. Listen, everybody has sinned and come short of the That's not what we just read. He said, for all have sinned. That's past tense. So we're no longer sinners who are saved by grace. We're saved by grace and have been delivered from sin. Come on, I need five people to just say amen to that. Right? But, of course, if you don't study, then you'll, it'll justify behavior. And people will say, your sin is, everybody has it. Yours is no different than mine because we've all sinned. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The, the key there is we all have sinned. Okay, let's keep reading. Come short of the glory of God. And the problem is if you stop there, you won't see what the next two words say. Being justified. The word justified means declared righteous. 
So we've all been declared righteous. Here's the key. Freely by his grace. So listen, there's nothing you can do to earn this but believe it. All right? This is key to your faith. You'll see how important this is to your faith. This is actually the rules that govern the law of faith. So how I many of you don't understand the rules of the law, you're going to violate the law. Right? So he says here, we've all been justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation, which means a replacement by his blood. So in other words, he took our place. So he did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Somebody ought to thank God for that right there. I'm glad I didn't have to get beat 39 times on my back and all the skin ripped out of my back. Come on, somebody, all the way down to the meat and the bone. He was our replacement so that we could walk in this freely. But, of course, if you're thinking you're not worthy, you'll never walk in this freely. So he says, by his blood, through faith, we've got to believe that, to demonstrate his righteousness. See, it wasn't, it wasn't about us. It was always about him. Because in his forbearance, his long suffering, I mean, no, he's been putting up with mankind for a long time. And God finally got to a place where he said, you know what? They can't do this on their own. So let me do it for them. And then all of the people who will choose to believe that by faith will walk in the benefits of it. And he said, I'm done. That's the best I can do. So through his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. Somebody ought to thank God that our sins have been passed over. And I want to show you the reality of this. Man, how many of y'all have missed it just this week? We all have. Aren't you glad he's not dealing with you based off of that? Matter of fact, I've got so much good news for you today. He doesn't even see it. All he sees is his son's blood, which gives you the right to come into that throne boldly and get whatever help you need when you need it. Oh, Lord. Because that's who he is. You've got to understand that. He's demonstrating who he is. He's not dealing with us based off of who we are because he couldn't deal with us. Come on, you know you. I know me. All right, so you're going to sit out there and act like you got all this together. You know you, and I know me. He couldn't deal with us. Right or wrong? He couldn't do it. So it's not about us. It's about who he is. And we've got to put our faith in who he is because the moment we start looking at us, we're going to come up short every single time. So remember, we're getting ready to talk about a law, but if you don't understand the rules of the law, it'll never work or you'll abuse it. All right, let's keep going. That he might be just. This was his purpose, so that he could be right. And the justifier of the one. Somebody say, I'm glad I'm the one. Who has faith in Jesus. Somebody ought to thank God that you have faith in what Jesus did for you. So if you see the shift here, it's a complete shift from rules and steps and keys to a faith in what he did for you. Of course, they couldn't get away from, but, but, 
But Moses taught it this way, right? Just like we do. You know, if, if I won't say any names, but God forbid we share a revelation different than what such and such shared back in the 80s. And what we don't understand was, thank God for that revelation, but that revelation was to get us to a certain point. We weren't supposed to live there for the rest of our lives, right? And once the revelation of grace came out, then how I many know we need to elevate to the next level? Are you all still with me out there? All right, so now, so then where is boasting then? See, so anytime you hear people talking about what they did, what they did, what they did, there's no place for that. No, it's what he did. It's what he did. It's what he did. It's what he did. I didn't do this and he did that. No, he did that, and that's how I responded to it. Come on, somebody. See the difference? And so many people are sidelined today because they've made faith about rules. You know what they said? I did all of that, and it still didn't work. You know why it didn't work? Because you didn't have a relationship with the individual. See, that's the same thing about marriage. You know, a lot of people, the only reason a marriage will fail is because two people aren't growing in Christ. And in maturity, they blame each other. Oh, don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Right? So, it's no way for me to get upset with marriage because I refuse to grow in it. Right? So, a lot of people are sidelined because they said, I did all of that. I gave, I served, I forgave people. I did all of that. And nothing worked for me because your faith was in what you did. Why was your faith in what you did? So you could say, look at me. And how you know God's not sharing his glory with any of us? Come on, I just need five people to just, somebody out. But the next question is, then by what law? Right? Because Pharisees said, it's got to be a law connected to this. So he didn't say that there wasn't a law. He just told them what the law is. So they said, then by what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. So then faith is a law that has rules. But, But the beauty of it is it just has one rule. You have to see yourself as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And if you don't, Satan can condemn you and take you, take anything from you. Because you will always see yourself as not worthy. You'll look at what you did wrong and say, I don't deserve this. What do you mean you don't deserve it? He died so that you could have it. See the difference? So, therefore, here's the end of the discussion. We conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. The only thing that justifies or declares us righteousness is faith in the finished works of Christ. Right? And so, all faith then has to be founded in that one rule that I am right with God. I deserve to be blessed. Not because of how great I am, but because of how great he is. 
I deserve to walk in healing because he hung on that Christ, got beat 39 times for me to walk in healing. You all understand? He paid that price, and I've got to see that and believe that in order for that to be true in my life. The moment I started looking at what I did, how I came up short, what I said yesterday, what I thought this morning, then I'm not going to go to him because I don't think I'm worthy. When he said to you, folks, I want you to listen. I want to make sure I get this in. When he said to you, I did this because I'm just, not because you're just. Then he said, and I'm the justifier of the one who will believe it. You know what he said? I got your back. I know what you did yesterday. I got you covered. Come on, I know you're still working on stuff, and I'm working with you while you're working on stuff. Come on, because he'll never forget, forget, condemn you. He'll never do that. That's the one rule that you've got to accept. Put your hand over your heart and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus right now, and I deserve everything he's already provided for me. Not because I'm great, but because he's great. Somebody ought to lift up a shout and give God glory for that today. And so then Bible faith is a law, a spiritual law, and everything operates by this law in the kingdom, right? And the law has one rule. You are right with God. And if you believe that, then you can walk in everything he's already provided for you. Number two, or number three, why is faith so important? Why is faith so important? It should be our lifestyle, not a Sunday thing. Faith is a lifestyle, but most people use it when they need it. What do I mean by that? I'm in trouble. Let me get back to church. Come on now. Don't, don't look at me like that. Somebody in here know what I'm talking about, right? Right? I, 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 my, I, my money a little tight. I just let me get back to church. Instead of a lifestyle. Now, this is the only place I found this in the Scripture where you see pretty much the exact same statement four different times. Now, you know, if God says something once, it's important. If he says it twice, uh, that should get our attention. If he says it three times, then we can form doctrine off of it. But if he says it four times, he's gone over the top and out of the way to demonstrate something to us to try to get something to us. Let's read all four of these. Go with me to Habakkuk chapter 2, or Habakkuk, depending on what Bible school you want to. (laughs) Or let's just use the message Bible. Go to Hab, (laughs) because we're going to give it a nickname, right? Go to Hab. (laughs) Chapter 2, verse 4 says, Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Now, we just talked about the rule of faith is what? 
that you're declared righteous. You're right with God, right? And I just told you in the Old Testament before we ever got to this, those that have been declared righteous live by their faith. I love this one the most because it says this person lives by his faith. So we all have to accept the fact that where we're at today is a result of what faith we've lived by, right? But we can change that today. Go with me to Romans chapter 1. Everything else is New Testament. Three different times in the New Testament. Romans chapter 1 verse 17. When you get there, say amen. Romans 1.17 says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by what? How do those that have been declared righteous live? Is that just on Sunday morning? Is that just when they get in trouble? It's a lifestyle, right? Go with me to Galatians chapter 3. Let's look at verse 11. You're going to see in every single context here, you'll see righteous or declared by righteous. So, in other words, you can't live this way unless you see yourself this way. Galatians 3.11 says, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God. That's evident. For the just shall what? Live by Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. This one was interesting to me. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Now those that are just shall live by what? But look at this. And if anyone draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Draw back from what? Living by faith. Okay? Now, I like something I heard Apostle Price say four years ago. And it just made sense to me. How often do you live in a 24-hour day? It's not a trick question. How much do you live throughout a 24-hour day? It's not a trick question. Hopefully all 24 hours, right? Hopefully you don't take an hour and stop breathing. Right? Try to hold your breath for an hour. <gasps> no, but if they're 24 hours, you live then for 24 hours, right? And the just live by what? So if it's 24 hours in a day, how are we to live all 24 hours? By faith. And we need to understand what does that look like. How many days are there in a week? How many of those days do you live? You don't take a day off, do you? Right? We don't just get to die for one day and come back for the other six, right? Right? So if we live seven days a week, all seven days should be lived by faith. Right? But we've made Sunday for 45 minutes. The big deal. And then I love this one. How many days are there in a year? 365? Now you get a week vacation, two, three weeks of vacation. Right? But, but you keep living those two to three weeks while you're on vacation, right? Right? So then 365 days a year, we're supposed to what? Live by faith. 
So then faith is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. It's how we live, right? Church has kind of become what we do. And we live six days and 23 hours another way. Come on, somebody shout in this place. Somebody get, look at, look at little man back there giving God the glory. He know I'm telling the truth. Look at, look at the little fella right there just clapping on his Bible right there. He like, pastor, that's good right there. So, so I'm going real slow. So if six days and 23 hours we're not living by faith, then how are we living? In the words of the old prophet Arsenio Hall. Now, that got her attention back there. That wasn't even the Bible. She said, now, what you say right there? Preach right there, preacher. Arsenio Hall wasn't a prophet. That was a joke. She said, what you say now? Preach that right there. But he would always say things that make you go, So listen then, this is important. So if 23 hours a day, or I'm sorry, if 23 hours a day, right, or 23 hours in a day, I'm living a different way, then faith is just a gimmick to me. It's a trick. It's magic. That when I need it, I think I can go get it. I can use it. But for 23 hours, I didn't want nothing to do with it. Now, all of a sudden, I'm going to turn it on. For six days and 23 hours, but I'm in trouble. Now, I'm just going to turn it on. It's not a lifestyle, is it? 363 days out of the year, because I'm going to go to church on on Easter and Christmas. Mother's Day. Day. Let's go 362 days. Is that a lifestyle? All right. So now let's move to our next point, because we'll just keep building. It's how we overcome the world. Go to 1 John chapter 4. See, what I'm supposed to do if I'm living by faith, matter of fact, thank you, Holy Spirit. If I'm living by faith, then I'm living by the Word of God. Right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Right? So that means if I'm living by faith before I get married, key word, before I find out how to do it by faith. Which means I find out what the Word says about it, and I obey that, right? And I prove that, and I live that, so that when I get married, I get married by faith. Right? Once I get saved, then I I educate myself about finances, right? If I'm going to live by faith, then I've got to live financially by the book. Right? Right? But if it's not a lifestyle, that's impossible. 
because I don't have enough relationship with the person to trust him with 10% of my resources. So I don't give it. See how quiet it got right in there? Right? And so then watch this. Because we didn't get married by faith. Because we don't operate financially by faith. It's not a lifestyle. It's really what we do on Sunday mornings. It's not who we are. It's what we do. All right, and we can run that principle through every area of our life. After we get married, you better keep studying about how to stay married by faith. Come on, five amens, please. Good ones, too. Strong, convicted amen. Because if you're not growing in marriage by faith, then what are you doing? Marriage was a gimmick, too. See, everything's a gimmick. Why is it so quiet in this? People, people paying attention. Everything works this way. So, so then once I learn by faith, I, I'm not giving anything to a church. It's an honor to, to bless God with what he's blessed me with. Just making sense to anyone in the building. Everything I have came from God. Who am I to withhold from him what he blessed me with? Do I really think I'm that great? I'm that smart? Come on, somebody, that I could build this on my own apart from him? Come on, that I could have got that job without his favor on my life? Come on, that my business could be flourishing the way it's flourishing without him on my life? Am I, do I really see myself that way? So if it's not a lifestyle, then, then our next point is how we overcome the world. Look at 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. It's how we overcome the world. For whatever is born of God, this is not, folks, this is how it is. Anyone that is born of God overcomes the world. Not the physical world that we live in, cosmos, this world system. Anyone that is born of God can live debt free. If faith is a lifestyle. Anyone that is born of God can have a good marriage. The world gets divorced, not the church. Come on, don't, don't leave me out here and don't get condemned if that's happened to you. But we've got to understand why it happened. It wasn't on God's end. Right? If the, if the world is overcoming me, Because I'm using my stuff and not his stuff. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith, that's simple. Who is he who overcomes the world? It's this simple, folks. It's not, let me make sure I don't have any unforgiveness in my heart. Let me go back and check the last week of my life to see if there's any sin in my life. What kind of relationship is that? Before I go to my wife, did I speak to her? Did I speak to her today? Did I, did I, what a, let me make sure everything, that's not a relationship. 
See how simple he made it? Who is he who overcomes the world? The one that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That's a world overcomer. See, you think it's deep. World overcoming faith is just simply believing that Jesus is the Son of God. You're a world overcomer. It's good stuff, isn't it? How many of y'all glad you came today? You can't please God without this. Number five. Before we read number five, let me just make these statements. This is how we win as believers over the system. You've got to understand that Satan is, con- is in control of this world system. Didn't Jesus call him the prince of this world? Right? So how are you going to beat him at his game? It's impossible. You've got to beat him on God's terms. But here's the beauty. You don't have to beat him. God already beat him for you. All you've got to do is cooperate with God. That's world overcoming faith. You know, so many times, you know, I've been in church for 28 years, and I've, I've just watched people. I study people. My wife will tell you, and they'll tell you, I've heard everything you could ever teach about faith. Like I heard from the best teachers in the world. How much of it is true in your life? That's the issue. Right? So, so if I heard that teaching 20 years ago and I was struggling to pay my bills, 20 years later, I'm still struggling to pay my bills. All I did was hear it. So so watch this. I had one experience for 25 years. We got to grow past that. Can't please God without it. Hebrews 11.6 says, but without faith, this is interesting. It is impossible, not possible to please him. But let's go slow. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. Present tense, I am. What do you have to believe? That he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek million-dollar homes. Those that diligently seek to be a millionaire. Seek what? See, so, so if I'm seeking things, I can't please him. Watch this now. Don't hear this the wrong way. You do what you got to do. But when people believe that they've got to work three jobs, I guarantee you if you work one and seek him, you'll be less stressful. Come on, somebody. And he'll give you the wisdom on what to do with the one to get promoted. Come on, where to sow your resources. Come on, and with one job seeking him, you'll make more than you did and be more happy with all three jobs. So you can't please God without it. So he rewards those that diligently, key word there, diligently seek him and not things. So if I'm diligent, then that requires effort on my part, right? It requires earnest effort on my part. There's another word here that sticks out. He that comes to to God must, 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 must believe. It's not optional. That he is a rewarder. So, So I want you to think about this. 
The word reward means increase. So rewards increase you. Right? They don't diminish you. Right? So if, if things are being diminished in my life, they're not coming from God. Because God increases me. He rewards me. He doesn't diminish me at all, right? Now, I want you to think about faith then. Then I should be at a greater level of increase and rewards now than I was a year ago. Watch this. If I've been seeking him the whole year. I didn't say coming to church the whole year. Because that's just Sunday morning for one hour and a half. Everybody paying attention. So think about I leave here. I don't have nothing to do with him the rest of the week. But maybe turn on 102.5. I might listen to the Willie Mo Jr. show throughout the week. But I will not miss all my shows all week long. I'm so committed to those shows that I'll tape them. And then watch them all back to back where I just plop up my pillow. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and have you ever given God anything close to that amount of time? <laughs> See, so then it sounds to me that in my time of need, I need to go to blackish. How to get away with murder. (laughs) Listen, Bible study went down on Wednesday nights when Empire came out on Wednesday night. They was like, Empire, Bible study. I'm going to see Empire. I'm making it comical, but we know it's, it's true. Right? But we want great faith. I'm believing God to get married. See, we're going to talk about what does that look like because there should be evidence of that. How can I be believing God for a spouse, dating someone that's not saved? Waiting on my Boaz. But I'm going to deal with yo while believing for Boaz. And I'll let y'all figure that out and feel that in. I'm believing for Boaz, but I'm going to put up with yo until Boaz shows up. Come on, somebody ought to shout in this place right there. Come on, that was a good one right there. So somebody ought to give God glory. You, 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 you see what we do? You see what we do? Believing for Boaz. But I'm going to put up with you. Until Boaz show up. Now, you think God getting ready to send Boaz in that situation? Because she's going to magically be a Christian when he show up.
I think I better take two weeks with this right here. I was going to try to get all of this out today, but I think I better walk us through this. Because see, we don't even know what that looks like. I'm believing God. Right? He that comes to God must believe that he is. There are two different Greek words here for faith and for believe. Two different Greek words. And they're as different as night and day, male and female. Right? How many of y'all are married in here? How many, how many men, you know, when you're talking to your wife, she's trying to figure out what you're saying? She don't know where you're coming from. And you're getting frustrated by the minute because you're pouring your heart out, trying to be as articulate and, and well-worded as you possibly can. She don't understand where you're coming from. And vice versa. When she's talking to me, it's like a stare. It's just a, like I'm staring in a glaze. You finished yet? Just get all of it out. Did you get all of it out? Because I still don't understand nothing that you just said. That's men and women. Right? Then that follow-up question comes. Right? She's sitting right here. I'm not saying this in a service when she's not here. She's sitting right here. And that follow-up question comes in. Let me make sure I understood what you meant by what you said. Let me give it back to you. And then you give it back to her. She said, no, that's not what I meant by what I said. I'm like, we ain't communicating at all right now. We both talking, but don't neither one of us understand. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? So finally, Kev, you just got to throw your hands up. Watch this and act like you understood what she just said. So, so in my marriage, she just spell it out for me. I need you, real slow, to wash the dishes. After we get done, pick up real slow. And then I'll still say, send me a text after we get done. <laughs> to make sure I don't get it wrong. Come on, my preaching real good, babe. She just said all of that. I just say, send me a text. Because I know I'm not going to come back from the grocery store with everything she just said. All right or wrong? She'll call me on the phone, babe. I need you to pick up uh, this. I need you to pick up that. I listen to that whole thing. Okay, I got you, babe. I got you. <laughs> come on, counselor. How's that conversation getting ready to end? Watch this. Now send me a text just to make sure I got all of that. You ain't been married long enough, young fella. You ain't been married long enough. You just keep smiling and laughing, but it's coming. It's coming. Okay, let's look at these two Greek words, and then we're going to close for the day. I was going to try to get all of this in today, but it's not going to happen. Look at these two Greek words. The first faith is the Greek word pistis, and it means to be fully persuaded. It is conviction based off of truth. So in other words, when I come to God, I've got to be fully persuaded that he is in that moment what I'm coming to him for and that he's going to increase me in the area that I just came to him about. 
I can't doubt in that moment. I've got to come in there believing that God has already provided all of the cash for the building that we're getting ready to go in. I can't say that's coming. I can't say in in three months. I've got to come to him like he is the great I am. Come on, somebody. And I've got to be fully persuaded that he'll increase me in the area that I just came to him in. Right? Other than that, I'm not coming to him right. This next one, though, is equally as important. He said, for without faith, pistis, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe. Now, we would automatically think faith and believe those two mean exactly the same. They don't. This opposite is what I just described to you. This word believe here is a Greek word pistuo. And it means to have faith in with respect to a person or thing. Listen to this. To entrust or put all your trust in. So I got to be fully persuaded when I come. And I got to put all my stock in this. You all listening? Okay, let me use this illustration to kind of help you understand. People think they're, they're interchangeable, but they're, they're really not. Faith is acting on what you believe. A lot of people believe for a whole lot of stuff, but they never act on it. Okay. I told you I was believing for a wife. The acting on it came in paying off all my bills, getting out of my mother and father's home, right? Saving money, putting away 90 days worth of savings. That, that was acting on what I believed. So he released the best he had in his kingdom. He, he said, I can give my daughter. I can put her in that situation. You all listening? Okay, let me... Br- how many of y'all drove a car here today? Raise your hand if you drove a car. How many of y'all believe your car will start when you... Now, everybody didn't raise their hand when I said that. <laughs> oh, you drove here by faith today. <laughs> right? So, so, watch this. Most of us believe, right, that the car will start. But if all you do is believe... You actually never know until your faith gets out of the seat, goes out to the car, pull the keys out of the car, stick them in the ignition, ignition, and start the car up. So one without the other is incomplete. So we don't have a problem believing. How many of y'all believe God can make you debt free? That's not the issue. Will you stop charging stuff on your credit card? See, so so my faith doesn't match what I believe. Everybody clear on that? Right? I believe it, but my actions are actually being counterproductive to what I believe.
How many of y'all believe in health? See, nothing, I know nothing right there. That was real low. That was like, where, I already know where he's going with this one. But watch this. Then my faith will cause me to eat a certain way. My faith will cause me to exercise. Now, I'm bringing it right home. Actually, what you believe is where you'll go eat when you leave this service today. And I'm getting ready to close. I do mentorship all the time. Right? I was doing mentorship. I do it with non-members. Any illustrations I use, not members of our church. This past Thursday, I was out doing uh, mentorship. Uh, in this particular case, uh, with a very well-to-do person. And, uh, of course, the, the goal was to understand how we pay cash for our building. And uh, I was explaining to him to explain to me his situation. And he did. He laid it out. And I told him, I said, well, you did it that way because that's the way you believe. And, of course, it was racked with debt, different things like that. I said, the only reason you did it that way is because you believe that way. And your faith followed that. So I, I told him the reason we did it this way is because we believe this way. Say so you actually could have did it this way too. It had you believed this way. But because you didn't believe that way, your faith followed that, whatever that is. See, so what you've got to accept, folks, is you act the way that you believe. When I don't give, listen to me, it's because I actually don't have the faith that he can get it back to. I'll just use an example of this. Please don't anyone get in condemnation, okay? And I'll, I'll pick this up on next week. Don't get in condemnation. We believe in God for 1,600 families, right, that can give $4,000 apiece over six months. I know $4,000 is not a lot of money. Two people say, hey, hey, hey. it's not. It really isn't, folks. We're talking about in terms of what you believe. It might be to you if you're trusting you. But it's not to God. All right, so let me just give you reality. You've had 33 people that could actually believe for that. That's a long way from 1,600. Now, of course, you've had hundreds below that. So whatever you've done, trust me, give God the glory for it. But maybe you didn't actually know that you could believe for it. So we decided that we were not going to use our personal income, savings, any of that. We were going to believe for it. Right? And then our faith responded to that. Well, God blessed her with $11,000 the next week from the moment we decided to. God blessed her. It came through her. $11,000. Well, there was the 5000 just as how good God is. That wasn't even just the 5000 He said, but because you chose to trust me for it, here's another six on top of it just to enjoy. Because you care about what's important to me. You all see this? All right. It's 10.15. I'm out of time. 
Come here, I'm glad you came today. Good stuff, right? We'll finish this on next week, right? So you've got to understand, most people don't have a problem with believing. They don't. You ask anyone in here, can you believe, do you believe God can bless you with a million dollars? Everybody in here would say yes. But how would faith respond to that? Because faith has to have a response to what you believe he's already provided for you. That's what I'm building here. Good stuff. Good stuff. Can we just stand to our feet? Good stuff. Man, thank you, Father. Man, it just feels so good to keep growing, doesn't it? Never believe that you have arrived. And wherever you are right now, God has so much more for you. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands to the Father. And so, Father... (laughs) You've called us to grow in faith. Our our, our faith should not be stagnant. And so, Father, over these two weeks on this subject, I pray that every deposit into the heart and lives of your children, Father, will produce fruit. Some 30, some 60. But, Father, I'm agreeing with someone in this room. They'll get 100-fold production because of the condition of their heart. And their ability to respond to what they've heard. And Father, I'm declaring that this church, which is not this building, but the people that you sent to this building, Father, their lives will never be the same again as they challenge themselves to grow in what they believe. We thank you and give you glory for it in Jesus' name. Where you'll see where I'm going with this is, is that there can be no growth if I'm not actually acting on what I believe. There's no growth. Only thing I did was learned a lot more information. And there are theologians and people teaching in seminaries, Bible schools all around the world, have a lot of head knowledge, but they've never grown in the subject because they never, ever Everybody clear? Okay. We're going to make this so plain for you. I can't say I believe one way and my actions are completely opposite. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, I just sense the Spirit of God making deep deposits in people's hearts today. I just sense that. People are reflecting, measuring actually what I believe or what I actually do. Shouldn't be any contradiction there. They, sh- they should agree. That's why I used two different Greek words there. Two can, and they're just as opposite as what I described to you in our marriage. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone just look up here at me for a moment. If you're in this building today, 
don't know where you're at on your journey. I do know that God loves you.